Queen Elizabeth is having her 70-year anniversary jubilee celebrations in England, all kinds of parties. So British Chief Rabbi, Rabbi Ephraim Mervis, he attended a prayer service in honor of, in, in honor of the Queen at St. Paul's Cathedral. A rabbi entering a church is a provocative thing to do. The halacha in general frowns on Jews entering churches. This, a, a similar issue arose about 10-15 years ago during the inauguration of President Barack Obama when Rabbi Haskell Lukstein attended an interfaith service at uh, the National Cathedral celebrating Obama's uh, entry into office. And there was controversy as well back then. The RCA, the RCA, the RCA said that, the, that Rabbi Lukstein's actions were against its officials' rules, although they weren't going to sanction him or punish him or expel him, certainly, in any way, but they said it was against their rules. So the question of, Jew, of Jews entering churches is an old one. It's, the, the Gemara talks about Jews entering houses of Avodah Zarah. Gemara talks about it br- briefly. It's not even entirely clear if it's a halachic or an agadic statement, but it was never really discussed in any, in any detail until relatively recently, until about a century and a half ago, in the mid-19th century. And then, throughout the latter half of the 19th century and the 20th century, we have a string of responsa by leading poskim discussing the parameters of the prohibition of Jews entering churches and possible exceptions. We're going to study tonight three of these chuvas, parts of three of these chuvas, three somewhat representative chuvas. One is by... One is, but one is from the Sefer Prihasada. The Sefer, the, the Sefer Prihasada was a Hungarian Rav, a, uh, a Rabbi Eliezer Chaim Deitch, a, a leading Hungarian posik in, in the second half of the 19th century. The second is by Rochaim Palagi, a celebrated Turkish posik from around the same time. And the third is by Rav Avadi Yosef, who of course was a leading posik in Eretz Yisrael in the latter half of the 20th century. These three poskim are all quite strict about Jews entering churches, and in particular, they're all discussing cases very similar to the current one, where Jews were entering churches to show respect to some important uh, Gentile political figure. And nevertheless, these three poskim are quite strict about it. And the truth is, virtually all poskim are quite strict about it. The poskim are very strict. England, England seems to be the exception that proves the rule, the postcom in England, we have, currently we have Rabbi Mervis, and uh, go, going back, we have Rabbi Lord Emanuel Jacobowitz, who, who was lenient to, about, about this. Some of the English postcom apparently have a kind of Masora that they are more lenient, even they, I don't think, encourage going into churches just for you or me, for ordinary uh, laymen to go into churches, but for politically connected rabbis, particularly maybe in, the, in England, where, where, where there's an official rabbinate to, who had, which has a political function, so they actually are lenient, although as we're going to see tonight, other poskim, even in cases where there were claims of Darke Shalom and Eva and so on, other poskim were more strict and did not allow going into churches, even in such cases. So we'll, we'll take a quick look first at the Gemara, the Gemara that's really the, the start of this whole discussion, and then we'll look at several of these chuvos and, and see how they treat the issue. 
So the Gemara begins, the, the Gemara is a Gemara of Adazara. Masechus of Adazara, of course, is the, is the tractate that deals with all kinds of questions related to Avodazara, as it sounds. So the Gemara in Dafyid Zayin and Avodazara states a prohibition, an, an imperative against entering churches. The Gemara is discussing in general, you shouldn't have any Hanaf from Avodazara. The Gemara has a story where one of the Tanaim, Rabbi Eliezer, was, was convicted by the government, the Roman government, for heresy, and he was wondering what he had done to deserve this. So Rabbi Kiva suggested, maybe you, maybe you once heard a Dvar Torah from a heretic, and you enjoyed it instead of uh, being horrified by hearing any Torah from a heretic. He said, yes, you're right, that, 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 it, that is actually what happened. And he said, uh, apparently, according to the according to, according to the, the, the standard text, is going to be censored because they, they had to avoid offending the Christians, but apparently, according to the text I was using, the, the Svaria online text, the Steinzeltz uh, online text, this is actually Jesus he had heard this Tvar Torah from. But anyway, see, the, the Gemara talks about how you're not, allowed to, you're not allowed to have any connection, anything to do with a heretic. And the Gemara brings a brisa that says, brings a Pasuk in Mishle, you should remove your way far away from her. Kipshuto, it's talking about, I think, the Isha Zona, the, the wanton woman, but the, the, the Gemara Darshan, it's referring to heresy and uh, heresy and uh, theologically problematic things. So stay away from Minus, stay away from heresy, from Valtikra, Pesach Besa, do not come close to the entrance to her house. Zuharishus, that means, uh, that means uh, the government. Other, another part of the Pasuk, that the first part of the Pasuk is Minus and Rishus, the second part of the Pasuk is the actual zona. <coughs> How far away? Kama, Amra, Chista, Arba, Amos. Four Amos. So, were it not for the last line of the Gemara, four Amos, I, I would probably have been inclined to say this whole Gemara is just, and I got it to Gemara telling you that heresy is terrible, stay away from it. The end of the Gemara sounds remarkably halachic. It gives you an actual share. Stay four amos away. As we'll see tonight, this is generally understood by the postman to be halacha, that there is an actual prohibition against approaching too closely to a house of, 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 of Minus, of heresy, and, and also of Odazar. To the extent, not only can't you go in, you can't even go within four amos of the, of the house. Post can discuss that. What if the street, the sidewalk, is within four amos? Can you, you have to keep off the sidewalk? But certainly going into the house of, the, of Minos, of heresy, is prohibited, and that is the basis for all the chuvas we're going to see, that they, they, they all start from the assumption that there is indeed a prohibition in entering a base of Odazar. All three of these posts come discussing churches, modern Christian churches of various sorts, so obviously one of the questions we're going to have to discuss is, is Christianity, modern Christianity, actually of Odazar? We touched on this previously. So let's take a look first at the tshuva of the Prihasada. As we said, this was this is a tshuva of Rabbi Eliezer Chaim Deitch, a Hungarian posseg from the second half of the of the nineteenth century. He was a Talmud of the Rabbi Huda Asad, one of the great Hungarian poskim. He was a friend of Rabbi Shlomo Gansfried, the author of the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch and other svarim. He had tmicha from the Maram Shik. It's important. It, it, it's often important to put poskim in context. In this case, in particular. He was of the school that led, uh, he was of the, the vehemently reactionary Hungarian school that fought bitterly against reform and, and, and fought tooth and nail, scorched earth, not to give an inch toward the reform. He actually wrote a sefer against the, 
the, the, in Hungary, there was a great controversy about whether the traditional Jews should should uh, seat themselves together, should associate with the neologues, who were a kind of modern Orthodox, uh, more liberal version of, of Jews. And many of the traditionalists were were ferociously opposed to having anything to do with these neologues. So this Rabbi Deitch wrote a, wrote a sefer called Ein Shalom L'Rishayim Amar Hashem. There is no peace when it comes to Rishayim. We will not make peace with them. We will not uh, temporize. So he was a hardliner, as we'll see, as we'll discuss later, his stance on the churches possibly should be viewed within that framework as well. So let's, let's take a look at his tshuva. He says, the question was, certain people, he said, certain Jews, there was a certain day, he says, there was a day they were having a kind of jubilee like today, they were having some kind of celebration for some noted person of the host country, the, some non-Jew. And Zedarkam, this is their custom, they go to they go to their house of worship, and they make Ezeinian, they have some kind of ceremony, Hanikra Etzlam, Gottesdienst, God sounds like God, God worship, they have some kind of uh, ceremony which has at least some aspect of religious, of religion involved. So they had this ceremony at the, at the church, some Jews attended this ceremony, and they removed their hats, they, the, as the Christians do. They take off their hats as, as, in, 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 in respect for their religious observances. As we've discussed in the past, taking off hats was a, uh, was, was a controversial issue for Jews. In the early sources, in the Gemara and the Rishonim, we find that wearing a hat is good. It's considered a midas chasidus, at least, maybe even a chiyuv to wear a yarmulke, to machlokis, whether it's a, a midas chasidus or a chiyuv. The, the Sfardim often took it as a midas chasidus, so if they felt it was difficult, they often don't wear a yarmulke. Other poskim of, of the Ashkenazim in particular felt it was a chiyuv. But either way, it started out just as a way of showing your shemayim, that covering your heads is a way of, of, of feeling the, 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 the awe of the Shechina and so on. But eventually, the Taz and Ashkenazic poskim argued that since the Christians take off their hats, and that has at least a possibly religious significance, it becomes an issue of kukasagayim, that we have to dafka leave our hats on. The, the Mishnah brings this, that even if originally it was not a chiyuv, it may have become a chiyuv, according to some poskim, to keep the hat on. Other poskim disagreed. Other poskim said, as we've noted in the past, that there's no issue of chukas agayim if it's something that, that as we discussed, uh, as we discussed recently, there's no issue of chukas agayim if it's something which is which is done for sensible reasons. It's not. It doesn't have any idolatrous or pagan or superstitious meaning associated with it. It's just a convention of showing respect. But some Ashkenazic poskim, beginning with the Taz, felt it actually was an issue of chukas agayim. The Priyasad is not really going to focus on taking off the hat, but he. The, the subtext here is that he felt that was also an, uh, an unwarranted concession to the minhagim of the, of the Christians. <laughs> so these Jews, these Jews justified attending the ceremony, they rationalized what they had done, they said, in this church, in this, in this house of worship, there are no crucifixes, and therefore it's okay, if there's no cross, then we're allowed to enter the, the building. That's their assumption. Now, this person asked Rabbi, the Priyasada, asked Rabbi Daich, is this correct? Are they right that you're allowed to enter a church if there, is, if there are no crucifixes in the building, in the room they're entering? Says the Priyasada, they are, act, they are quite wrong. There is no such thing. It's also to go into a church, he says, and, 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 and there's two things wrong, he said. First of all, 
going into a church per se is usher. Second, he's going to say it's an issue of chukasagayim, of imitating the ways of the non-Jews. But he begins by discussing the, the issue of going into the church. It's a form of avodazara, he said. It's not actual idol worship, but we have a concept of abizrayu davodazara, <laughs> kind of ancillary things which are adjacent to avodazara. That's also treated quite seriously as, as, as a form of avodazara for certain purposes. It might even be Harival Yavras he's going to discuss. Going into a church, he says, is an abizrayu davodazara and is absolutely usher. Particularly, he says, if they're doing it to show honor to, uh, to somebody important, that automatically gives it a certain religious dimension, he says. Throughout Masechus of Adizar, the first parak, we talk about Yom Edehem, the days that the, that the non-Jews celebrate. Those are always presumed to have an idolatrous component because they thank their gods, they, they give prayers to their gods. That's what we do today, too. After Jubilees, after celebrations, there, there are prayer services. That when they're really happy about something, when something really important happens, they introduce a religious dimension. See, it might not be primarily religious, but it has a religious component. It's absolutely usher, he says. Who cares, he says, who cares that there are no crosses? Nevertheless, they, they give thanks and they, give, uh, they, 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 they acknowledge their God. He says, when there is a crucifix, he says, then it's usher, even if it's not a base of Avodazara, even if it's a shul, if, if there's a symbol of Avodazara, even going into a shul will be a problem. If, if somebody installs an Avodazara in a shul, that's anyway a problem. So if we're talking about a church, uh, a base of Odizara, that means a base tefillah, that means even when there's no slum, I mean, there's no statue, there's no icon. It's still Asher, he says. That uh, only when there's Pikuach Nefesh, he says, it's, it's Mavur, that, that only for Pikuach Nefesh is that possibly a heter to enter a church, but uh, it doesn't matter whether there's a cross or not. If it's a place where they pray to their God, that has the status of a base of Odizara, brings a similar idea from the Binyan Tzion, Rabbi Yaakov Etzlinger makes the same point. He wasn't talking about entering the house, he was talking about converting it to a shul, but he makes the same point. It doesn't matter if they brought in actual avodazara or not. If it's a house that is designated and utilized for serving, serving their god or praying to their god, then it's usher to go into it. It doesn't matter if there are crosses or not. So that's his first argument, that it is, that it is usher to go into a church regardless of whether it's a cross, regardless of whether there's any crosses in there or not because it has the status of a base of Odizara, and a base of Odizara is Asr, certainly anything short of Pikuach Nefesh, you may not enter a base of Odizara. Second argument, he says, V'od, Dalkalpanim lo It's Asr because of the, 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 the prohibition we keep discussing of walking in the ways of the, of the Gayim. He says, why do we have to do this? Why do we have to get involved? <laughs> why do we have to mingle with them on the days of their joys, of their celebrations? He says, there's no greater problematic showing of respect and honor to their God than by, by mingling with them and emulating them and associating with them. That constitutes an, an acknowledgement of, uh, of, of, that we value their God and their religion. He brings the Maram Shik. He bring, the Maram Shik says there are many things that are ushered because of Kukas Agayim. And he himself, he says, and other Chuvas, he also discussed the, 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 the parameters of Kukas Agayim in, in a number of places. In Cain, he says, anyone who was Matir for anything short of Pikuach Nefesh, even if there's Eva, even if there was a concern that, that not attending would uh, engender enmity, that's not a Heter. The only conceivable Heter is Pikuach Nefesh. Ein hara such a hara is, is, is an unholy hara. People who rule this way and practice this way need kapara and slicha. 
they need atonement and forgiveness. Even Vimakum Eva, even if there's a concern for Eva, it's not a heter. Eva, as we've discussed in the past, is something which we sometimes allow certain Isurim, that, that to avoid enmity, to avoid antagonizing the non-Jews, we, we, we bend, we, we wave certain halachas. But this, if it's actually a Bizrayo Davodazara, that's not something that's negotiable. We, we, can't, we can't allow even something which is only adjacent to Avodazara. We can't allow that because of Eva, he says. And maybe it's even Yahari Valyavar. There is halacha that in general, Bizrayo Davodazara is Yahari Valyavar. So it might even be Yahari Valyavar, but certainly if it's short of Pikuach Nefesh, which was, which, was, which was the case here, certainly there is no heter for such a thing. Now, we should note, I mentioned earlier, he, he was from the, the hardline reactionary Hungarian school. And in this tshuva itself, he quotes the Maram Shik, who says there are many things that are austere because of Chukas HaGayim. The Maram Shik indeed does prohibit many things because of Chukas HaGayim. And there are contemporary postkim, later postkim, who, who argue that he went a little too far, that in his zeal to combat reform and assimilation and people who were watering down Judaism, he tended to, he, he sometimes uh, stuck the label of Chukas HaGayim onto things that were not strictly austere because of Chukas HaGayim. So, for example, the Maramshik has a fiery tshuva denouncing the use of, uh, denouncing the use of non-Jewish names, any, any name other than Jewish names. Just looking at, uh, at our participant list tonight, a number of us use American names. So, uh, so, so Maramshik says, Osir Deraisa, to use, to, use, uh, to use a Western name. Says of Osir Weiss, really? It's Osir Medaraisa to use, because of Huxagayim, it's Osir Medaraisa to use a Western name? The Gemara is full of Persian names. What, what do you think Zutra is or Papa is? What, what do you think Horkinus and, uh, and, 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 and Tarfon? What do you think these names are? Rishonim had, uh, had non-Jewish names. Moshe bin Maimon. What kind of name is Maimon? It's obviously an Arabic name. Magomishna's name was Vidal, which, which is some kind of, you know, it comes from uh, Vidal, the, 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 a Latin, Latinate form of Chaim. Yeah, the, the Jews, always use, Jews always use non-Jewish names. In the Gemara, we talk, the Gemara talks about Shtaros, Shtaris that was signed by the Jews in Chutzlarts. It says, Rove of the Jews in Chutzlarts. Rove of their names are the same as the names of the non-Jews. It wasn't even names like today, where we have names that are typically... Uh, so, I mean, maybe it was or it wasn't. Today, we have, we, we, it's very common that, that, that Jews who use Western names have names which are uh, you know, commonly Jewish. You know, Max and Sam. and uh, they're, 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 There were a lot of names which were, uh, which, which, which were commonly Jewish, even though they were, even though they were Western names. Irving, you know, there, there, there were a number of names which were widely used as Jewish names, but the Gemara says, Shemos Yisrael Shabbat most of their names were like the names of the non-Jews. So throughout the Dorot, Sir Vasher Weiss and Ramosha Feinstein, others have pointed out, it is, a, it, is a, it is an incontrovertible historical fact that Jews <laughs> frequently use non-Jewish names. So how can the Maram Sheikh possibly claim that using a non-Jewish name is usher because of Kukus HaGayim? Says Sir Vasher Weiss, obviously... That we should take this with uh, a little bit of a grain of salt, he says. We shouldn't take this as a literal claim that it's Chukas Agayim. He says, that at that time, it was, it was a, you have to know the context, he says. There, there, there was a terrible, a terrible urge for assimilation, for abandoning Judaism, he says. And therefore, the, the, therefore the, the heroes of traditional Judaism had to draw a line in the sand and take a hard line and say, this is Usser, everything is Usser. They had, they had to take a kind of extremist, uh, extremist take no prisoners approach. But Mikra Din, of course, the, of course, using a non-Jewish name is not Kuksagayim. Rabbi Yosef makes a similar point about Rav Shlomo Kluger, 
also from that period of Shlach Luger, says that the traditional Jewish method of carrying a human remains to, to burial was like we do it today, at least uh, in the, a ritual few steps, where we carry the, we carry the <laughs> casket uh, by hand. But when they introduced hearses, when they introduced hearses that were carried by horses, so Rav Shlach said it's usher for a Jew to do that because that's what the Christians do, so that's chukas agayim. Says Rav Yosef, of course not, as we discussed uh, recently. Anything that they do, which is a sensible and rational custom, which makes sense, it's just a way of showing cover for the mace, of making our life easier, of course there's no issue of chukas agayim. He says again, Rav Shlach said chukas agayim. Rav says many postkim said it was fine, and if Rav Shlach said it was usher, he must have meant it was just a kind of... Uh, it was just a, uh, a point he made in the context of the battle against the reform, but we shouldn't say that uh, it's, ap- it's actually literally usher because of Huxagayim. So the point is, so it's, so I don't, I, I'm not going to go so far as to say that the Priyasada meant this as well, that he meant going into a church is not really usher, it's just a question of Huxagayim, but the point is, he's quoting, his, he's quoting the Maram Sheikh, he's quoting others who, have, who were very quick to say Huxagayim. We have to bear in mind that the that the, the context here is important. At least some of these chuvas of Chuk may have been may have may have been written at a time where where it was there was felt to be a grave danger in, in allowing even relatively innocent forms of assimilation, but not necessarily that these are absolutely strictly Osirat's Kuksagayim. I'll call upon him the the Priyasada of Deitch. He says that going into a church to celebrate, to, to commemorate an important day in the life of a non Jewish figure is usher both as a form of avodah abizrayud avodah as well as chuk sagayim, he says. And therefore he concludes that short of, short of life-threatening danger, short of pikuach nefesh, it's absolutely usher. Eva doesn't matter. Eva is a heter in certain cases, but not when we're dealing with things as serious, as grave a prohibition as abizrayud avodah Even if it would be pikuach nefesh, he says, it's not so clear that it's a heter, because... He says, first of all, he says that some people say that the, there's a famous idea that goes back to the Rishonim of Ashkenaz and the Ramah that non-Jews are not are not uh, commanded with, with are not commanded with the prohibition of Shituf of, of having multiple gods to Christianity as long as they have the real God as well. Adding in the, for the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, adding in other entities is not so bad. That's Machlokas, he says, and Balkalpan uh, Minuth would be Pikuach Nefesh. He says. It's not so simple to be matter because it's a bizarre davodazara. Certainly, he says in our case, where there's no pikuach nefesh, he shtayim rose asu. They're doing two things wrong. It's an issue of a bizarre davodazara and chuk sagai. Who knows? This may have caused thoughts of avodazara. He says people saw the glory and the beauty of the avodazara. Oiladar shakach also biyamav. Woe is to a generation that such a thing occurs in its in a, in that time. To matter such a serious history, he says. Certainly, they require great atonement. Anyone who has kitsasir shemayim has to sanction himself and has to make sure this never happens again. And then, then Hashem will be mochel him because he made a mistake. But uh, certainly, you have to acknowledge and accept the severity of the iser. Commit yourself to never doing it again, and then you can get some kind of kapara. Rabbi, when he says Abizrayul. Um, that's like an, a, 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 a pertinence or a, uh, right. an accessory for somebody who's so fire and brimstone. Isn't that mitigating that it's not exactly, it's like an accessory of Avodazara? Right, so, so Jason is pointing out that he himself does not claim it's actually Avodazara. 
And I think that's true because the Gemara is pretty clear that to actually do Avodah Zarah, you have to actually engage in worship. That pretty much, there's no Easter of Avodah Zarah if you don't worship. If you say, if you say that Avodah Zarah is beautiful, if you say, uh, if you say, I love the Avodah Zarah, those are certainly repugnant things to say, but those things, if you don't actually worship, pretty much, you can't, it's not called Avodah Zarah. You have to do either <laughs> offering in a sacrifice or bowing down or... If you accept it as God, you say, you are my God, that, that's considered a form of worship, but, but you have to actually worship. So pretty much anything else, other types of things, Hanar from Avodah maybe, or other types of Isurim that, yes, I think appurtenance is a good word, that these types of Isurim, entering the house of Avodah and so on, he's going to agree that, that you don't actually violate the second commandment, Lo Yelacha, uh, you're not actually violating the core prohibitions of Avadazar. The Gemara Dashans is from Pasuk Mishlei, Harchik Mi Pasuk Besa. So I think even he's going to agree it's not strictly Avadazar. But his point is that even though it's only Abizrayu, even though it's only an appurtenance, it's only adjacent to Avadazar, it's still serious enough that there's no Hetzer short of Pikuach Nefesh. You're right, one could argue that's a mitigating factor, but he does not think so. He thinks that even in Abizrayu, Avadazar, is, is, is pretty serious. It, it brings to mind uh, a, a famous Gemara. The, the Gemara makes a point that Gili Arayu, sexual impropriety, has a Bizraya also. The Gemara has a famous story about a person who was lovesick. He was literally lovesick. He was dying, pining away for, the, <laughs> for his uh, love of a certain woman. So they discussed whether there was anything they could do to, uh, you know, to help him. So they said, let, let her at least, even if they're not going to be intimate, let her at least just talk to him. Let him at least just look at her. The Mar says, no, we're not going to do that either, because that's all Abizrayud, uh, at least according to one interpretation, I think that's all Abizrayud to Gilea Arayus. Even though it's not actually Gilea Arayus, it's, it's close enough, it's, a, it's an appurtenance, and that's usher, even if someone's life is at stake. So this is what we find in various cases, that even different types of things which are prohibited as a matter of Avodah even if they're not actually Avodah are still are still treated extremely strictly. And that's his position here as well, that, that we treat this, this, this prohibition against entering a church quite strictly, it, it might even be usher, even if it is a matter of pikuach nefesh, it's certainly usher, if it's not a matter of pikuach nefesh, even if, it's a, even if there's an issue of eva. The other curious thing is he goes on about a yom simchasam, when in fact it's a, a tribute to a civil servant, got this a dinst, a dinst is a servant, uh-huh. so this civil servant who may have done, you know, very good for, for the community, um, it's so funny that he says, Right. <laughs> right, right. I, I, I was, I was thinking of that reference too. Strange thing to say. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure if he was. If, I wasn't sure if there was some kind of subtle uh, melitzo or, or dig he was making. I, I, I also had the same thought. There was an interesting choice of words. I wasn't sure exactly what his point was, but yes, it's an interesting point. I shouldn't point this out, but in the in the gospels. Uh, Jesus says when he's kicking out the um, the money changers right. and returning the temples and complaining, he quotes that basically. Ah, okay, good, <laughs> very good. Thank you. Bye bye. So just, just uh, uh, reference uh, the gospel. Our, our, we, we, uh, even if we were living in Israel, we are surrounded by secular culture. Hey, Asya Esther. Yes. And, so. And, being surrounded by secular culture, you are, it's uh, almost impossible to avoid some sort of contact. Um, the church is a little bit more prominent, but if you're not bound to it, uh, what, if you, what if you pick up a, a Christian Bible? Uh, are you guilty of uh, 
then they can make those distinctions. And we, we are surrounded with secular culture. If you think, the loss of the presidency, I'm going to say because they have pictures of crosses. Um, I, I don't understand how you function with those kind of ideas of staying away from, uh, from, from things that used to have a hold, but if you educate people, not that people are not subject to temptation, but they have to in other parts of their lives. So, why this is held as a so, so Max, Max is making some important points. So, so first of all, the, the historical point that the way we live today in modern society, certainly those of us who, li- who, live, who, who, who live in more modern Orthodox type of communities where we, 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 we have colleagues, we have, we have friends, we have, we, have, we have professional colleagues, we have business, business colleagues, we have neighbors who we associate on a, on a, a much more closely than they often used to in, in many other communities of Jews. In the medieval period, they, they, there was a general hostility and mistrust. <laughs> they dealt with each other in business when they had to, but they, you know, the Jews knew there, was a, there, was a, there could always be a pogrom coming around the next uh, corner. And in general, they, you know, the, the, their cultures were separate. They, 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 they went their own ways. The way we live today, it, it, becomes, uh, it becomes more challenging sometimes, more difficult in certain ways to, uh, to, to be as separatist as they used to. That being said, it's not actually all that difficult, as you noted, it's not actually all that difficult for Jews to avoid churches. The, we're not going to get into all the modern questions. One of the most common, commonly discussed modern questions is things like voting. In America, voting is often done in churches, so various contemporary poskim discuss going into a church to vote, the basement of a church, that's not the sanctuary. I have a quote in the handouts from Rabbi Bleich where he, uh, where he deals with this briefly. He says, um, he says, the basement, the anteroom, the gym is different than the sanctuary. It's very common in New York and other places to go to, to, to do, use the auditoriums in churches. Rav, Rav, Rav Bleich is not entirely willing to be lenient, but he says there are anecdotes. He, he shares my father's reluctance to uh, quote from undocumented anecdotes, but he says uh, there, there are enough of them to, uh, to, to be worth mentioning. That, that they didn't consider it a base of Odizara. So Black is not willing to go out and flat out say it's mutter, but he says is the, this basis for leniency. Ramosha Sternbach has a tshuva. It's not a handout. Ramosha Sternbach has a tshuva back in South Africa. He says what to do about voting in a church. It's, uh, so, that, so, so there are certain cases where, where we have more of a need to go to churches than maybe they had to uh, 400 years ago. But this particular is, or for most, most of us can go through our lives without, without having any great need to go into churches. Those who like touring, those who like uh, art, you know, will, will sometimes be, uh, be faced with dilemmas about going into a church to view the art, or going into a church, or, or viewing church art, or so on. So, so, so that we're not going to get into the, all the details of this question about what to do. Uh, Max also mentioned questions about reading, uh, reading uh, the books of the non-Jews, including their religious works, both Jason earlier and I in other contexts, uh, Frequently, you know, we, we've quoted uh, you know the New Testament and so on. So that that's another topic about uh, that, that's another that's a topic for another day, maybe about quoting the the books of Avodah Does the idea of Chachma Begayim Tamin extend to uh, the religious works? You know, uh, is is there value? Is there value in studying the, the religious culture of the non-Jews if you're doing it uh, with a clear understanding that this is not our religion? That's a topic I'm going to leave for another day. But at the end of the day, the, the, the halacha is that, on the one hand, as I, as I noted in the beginning, this is not, 
when you learn the Gemara, you might not even think this is a strict halacha. It sounds almost agadic about staying away from Minos and so on. Yet, I, I admit, when this first came up, when, when, I, when I first became aware of this question 10, 15 years ago, I was also a little surprised that the postkim took it so rigorously and as, as such a literal halacha. But they do. The fact is they do. As we're going to see tonight, there are a number of tshuvas of postkim who, who consider this a pretty uh, black and white halacha. Ramosh Feinstein fell to his usher. Virtually every major posik, with the exception maybe of some of the English postkim, virtually every major posik in the last century or so who has discussed the question has assumed that this is a red line, that this is a real halacha, that a Jew has no business entering a church. So with, with, that, with that being said, let's take a look now at, at a couple of these other tshuvas and see what they say. So Rechaim Pelagi, who was around the same time, who was also a 19th century figure, he was also asked about entering a church under very similar circumstances. He says, Holchu Eze Yisraelim, several Jews, Biyom Edom Shalgayim, on the holiday of the non-Jews, Im Godel Sarah Hasrara Shalahem, with a leading, uh, leading aristocrat, leading uh, governmental figure, Hanikra Kansel, some kind of diplomat or consulate officer, some kind of major, uh, prominent non-Jewish figure. They went, Lebesev Adazara Shalahem, Kedel Lavoso, to accompany him, and they went into the base of a Dazar Shalahem. Um, is there an Isser? If, it is an, if there is an Isser, what can we do to fix it? How can we make amends for what we've done? People had apparently done it, so what can we do? That was the question. So the halacha is, he says, It is prohibited to enter a house of a Dazara. He uses a word which I can't quite make out that's called Ingliza. Um, that, the, that the priest makes, he brings the Gemara of Adazara. The Gemara is not talking about Adazara. The Gemara is talking about Minos, heresy, Apicursus. If that's us, or a Kolchkin of Adazara itself, actual idol worship is even worse. Maybe you'll tell me, he says, Post can say in certain contexts that our Goyim don't really do Adazara. It's just cultural, it's just vestigial. They're not the really committed, genuine of Adazara of earlier generations. He says, that does not apply here, he says. I don't fully understand the distinction that he makes. He says, that just means we don't treat them as idol worshippers, but the house in which they actually worship, that is considered a base of Odizara, even though it's only uh, vestigial, he says. It's still, for our purposes of the prohibition to enter it, it's called a base of Odizara. He says, even if it's not mamash of Odizara, he says, it's mide strach tumma. It has some element of tumma and sitra akra, the evil demonic... Uh, the, the impure, impure forces, you're not going to avoid that, he says. He says that he, he gives a kind of Kabbalistic, uh, Kabbalistic uh, concern that the evil, evil uh, demonic entities stick to you, and it's, it's like entering a house full of bees where the bees just swarm you and sting you, he says. It's Pasha to Bar Vesichli. It's obvious and clear and, and rational, he says. And what should you do if you go into such a place? He says, Sricha Tvila. You should go to the mikvah to purify yourself, umalkus, and you should be flogged. I'm not sure if he means you know, really painful flogging or just some kind of you know, ritual ones like some people do before, before Yom Kippur. And also he says you should give away all the clothes. that this is, a, this is a curious point. He says you should take all the clothes that you entered into the, the church with, you should give them to poor people, and that'll be an atonement. I'm not sure exactly whether poor people are going to want your clothes if you're giving them away because they were somehow became Tame by entering a church. I mean, maybe they're just desperate. They'll, they'll take any clothes. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's admitting that the, the Tuma doesn't really stick to your clothes. It's just a symbolic Kapara. But uh, this comes up also about Shechten Kaparas uh, before Yom Kippur, 
where the minig is to give the birds to Daniim, I think some talk about this. Is it really nice to tell Daniim that we symbolically placed all our Averis onto this bird, and now you can have it. Here, go eat it. But okay, that's what he recommends. You should have Tvila, Mikvah, you should have Malchus, and you should give away all the clothes to, uh, to desperately poor people, Aniyam Merudim, in the hope that uh, in order that you, should, that you should achieve a Kapara for this uh, serious Avera that you did, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not quoting the whole tshuva here. He brings, he brings a number of different proofs that this is a serious avera. So he takes the, he doesn't get, into, so he doesn't really get into chuksagayim, at least not in the part that I quoted. But he also agrees with the priyasada that we're dealing with, uh, we're dealing with an avodah related iser, based on the gemara harchikim pesach besa, based on the pasuk in Mishle, and it's something that you can't do. And if you do it, you need a kapara, even though it was done because of uh, to show honor to a. Uh, he doesn't really get into the question of Ava, but he says even if you did it to show honor to a to an important dignitary, it's still it's still absolutely usher and it's a serious avera, and you need a kapar. The, the final tshuva we're going to look at tonight is the tshuva of Ravadi Yosef. He has kedarka bekadosh a long tshuva. I didn't go through the whole thing, but if you go through it, I'm sure we will see all the all the all the all, all the other sources on the matter. He says Maitsabaliyadi. He says the case came to me. Um, and apparently he himself, uh, and, and uh, he was asked the question, that consul Arel Echad Mace, again, a consul, some kind of important diplomatic figure, a Christian, in the Sephardic literature, they use Arel to refer to Christians. The, the Muslims undergo circumcision, so the Muslims are not called Arel, Muslim, Muslim Gentiles are called Tugar, Turks, or just Arvi, or... Uh, but uh, Christians, uh, the, un- the uncircumcised Gaim, are called Ara. So a Christian, uncircumcised Gentile diplomat died. Umin Hagam, the custom of the non-Jews is, they bring him to Knesset Yashalahem, they bring him to the church, and the Komrim or Mispalim Alavsham, the, the, the priests say, uh, say, say prayers for him. I was asked, by the, apparently Rabbi himself was asked to represent the, the chief rabbi at the funeral. Um, the official chief rabbi, the government-appointed uh, chief rabbi, asked Ravavadia to be the official rabbinic representative at this funeral. Uli Kane Shemad to enter and remain there till the end of the ceremony. And why? The reason was, it's important to preserve good relations with our RL neighbors, so, so can we do this? And the, the, the local chief rabbi told me that this was a well-established custom of many rabbanim. I mentioned the, king, the rabbis of England, but this rabbi claimed, I don't know what country this was, but this rabbi claimed it was a common custom. So I decided, Ravadia says, I will examine the matter, I'll decide whether there is, I will try to ascertain whether there's any hatzer for this. So he goes on, he brings, of course, he brings several pages, his conclusion is, Zos Tarasa the conclusion is, It is prohibited to enter their church. Even if it's a matter of Darche Shalom. Certainly, he says, in a case like this, which or a case where it's not Darche Shalom, just because you want to be friendly to them, he says, that's not Darche Shalom. Darche Shalom is a more serious thing, that we need to do this to preserve friendly relations. Just because you want to curry favor and you want to, uh, you want to flatter them, that, that, that's not Darche Shalom. And certainly, Kolshken, he says, to go in during a religious service where they offer incense, he says, and to Avodah and they pray to the Avodah Here's another Melitzi, he says, he wants to emphasize, of course, nobody's answering their prayers. 
but uh, they're talking about Ernenim, to enter while they're having a religious service, while they're having uh, a service, uh, prayers and, 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 and rites to, of their religion, absolutely usher. Even a private citizen couldn't enter, certainly for a rabbi to, to make an official visit, with all the, the pomp and dignity of, of an entourage of his uh, rabbinic office, and the Talboshes Rishmus in his official rabbinic garb, Uvaglimad Rabbanan in his uh, rabbi dress, Vade Sheesh Pizachas Bashalm Chil Hashem. This is actually a Chil Hashem. Some people, some more progressive thinkers, might say it's a Kiddush Hashem to show that we can get along. Ravavadia says it's a Chil Hashem. And Vitzarachlis Azar, maybe you're telling me it's a Minog, that, that, that other Rabbanim did it. I don't care, Ravavadia says. Tzarachlis Azar, Bechal Oz, we have to gird our loins to fight this with all our strength. Levatel haminog harat to 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 abolish this so-called minog, this evil minog, shuosios kehenna. This is the point I, I never tire of making. Sometimes we talk about how a minog is chas v'shalom to challenge a minog. In Israel, if they're not neviim, they're bnei neviim. We have no right to uh, to to, you know, to to we have no right to, to to be skeptical of an established minog. Minog mavatel halacha. When poskim don't like a minog, they say minogosios kehenna. How do you know when we say one, when we say the other? Halacha is an art, not a science, and, uh, and uh, you know, we're not going to get into that tonight, but in this case, Ravadia feels that uh, this minig is osios gehenim. If there is such a minig, it's osios gehenim. No way, no how, it's usher. And even though normally we have to have respect for other Rabbanim and deference to the practice of others, he quotes a Gemara, When the stakes are high, when it's a matter of chil Hashem and a serious isser, we can't uh, defer to other Rabbanim. This is Asir of Avadia says, and there is no Hefter. But he's actually saying the Osios Gehenim because it's literally Minhug spelled backwards. Right, right. It, 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 right. It, 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 it's the same letter spelled backwards. It's Minhug Osios Gehenim, Mem Nun He Gimel, Gimel He Nun Mem, right? So, so, so the, these are three fairly representative chuvas of the, of the postgame of the last century and a half or so. That being said, you know, there are some holdouts. The Rabbi Haskell Lukstein at Obama's inauguration, Rabbi Mervis now. Rabbi Mervis is following Rabbi Lord Emanuel Jacobowitz. Um, Rabbi Jacobowitz wrote about it in a book of his. He said in his letters, he writes that he consulted the London Basin, and his practice is occasionally to attend church services, not just enter a church, but actual services on royal and state occasions. He does not actively participate, he says. He doesn't wear cap and gown. He says uh, he, he says that um, he, he says again. I cannot take an active part in a religious service. That's understood. But he does attend the service um, as a representative of the Jewish community without wearing canonicals. I guess you have to be a British Jew to know exactly what canonicals and cap and gown are. But uh, and he does not officiate. But he does attend as a, in his official capacity as a representative of the Jewish community. So this would seem to be something of a das yachid. As, as we said, Rav Avadio also mentions that they told him there were some Rabbanim who had this minhag, so it's not unheard of. There, are some, there were some Rabbanim who did it, but by and large, the, most of the major postkim who wrote on the subject were not pleased. Everyone from the, the, the Hungarians and the Turkish Svardim in the 19th century to the American and Israeli postkim like Ramosha, Ravadio Yosef, and others in the 20th century, by and large, the, the normative position is that it's problematic, even if it's a question of Dark Shalom. There are arguments to be made to allow it, but, but at the end of the day, the general consensus of postkim is that it's usher. 
but it's not quite unanimous. And as, we, as, we, as, we, as we've said, we, we, there have been some rabbanim, in particular in England, who have been lenient on this question.